Wow. Two minute practice time. This was a, this was a, I want to say interesting, but I don't think that's specific enough. Let's say it was, it was a tough practice, I think, for me. I'm curious what it was like for Jersey. We picked, okay, this is going to sound weird. We picked, hey, gather positive feedback and do that two minutes at a time and see how it, see how it goes. That's what we're going to do today. Talk about that. And then what will we pick to practice next? Let's find out on the show. Welcome to the Two Minute Practice Podcast. Here, the hosts of the Lean Into Art Podcast explore and encourage you to join us in trying all kinds of different creative activities that can help us practice things related to making our art, exploring, growing in our business practice, and even trying things for a healthy lifestyle. We'll talk about what we practiced recently, things we saw in the community, and then we highlight a new idea for us all to practice next. Two minutes is a findable amount of time to try things. I'm Jersey Droz, cartoonist and teaching artist. And I'm Rob Stenzinger, UX designer, interactive maker, and teaching artist. Hey, Rob, good to see you. Hey, Jersey, good to see you too. <laughs> so, what you you told us what we practiced? Let's 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 dig into what that means when we say like we're you know collecting positive feedback. What did it, what did it look like for you? Well, yeah. Before we dive into what it looked like, where did this idea come from? Do you remember? Well, if we had a like an edited show, we could do like insert a cut from last time. And the, <laughs> like we we typically do a little bit of a I don't know. What do you think? What, a little bit of a dance is, and so out of that mm -hmm. dance, whoever led the dance, you know, we were like, hey, let's collect positive feedback, um, mm -hmm. and which sounds so innocent on the surface. So you're like, well. This okay. I'm, I'm anticipating that 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 you discovered some things that that may be uh, analogous to what I discovered in doing this practice this week. Okay, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, you know, the, the, the idea is simple, right? People have said nice things to you. Gather that, right? And I mm -hmm. could take a lot of forms, but um, okay. Who wants to go first? Sharing your experience. Uh. I, I guess I can go first, and I'm I'm not actually going to share. I mean, I could just flash what I captured on. I just had a you know a little yellow notepad next to my desk all last two weeks, and I did it looks like I think four sessions, um, and going back all over the place. I I started out by trying to just remember remember like good things that happened in the last decade or so. Um, so things like in 2010, where um, a listener of the Art and Story podcast actually paid mine and Mark's way to go to the Small Press Expo one year. And it was just like, I want you in my town. Please come to this show. I'll pay your way. And I was like, wow, you know, that's that's a tremendously positive feedback. Mm. Um, so there were th some things that really stood out as like big memories that were easy to access. But then I also did do like a little bit of going back through comments and things, looking through photos of things is like some things that I gathered were um, student essays about me. I've actually had this happen more than once where a student encounters my comics class, goes back to school, they get the assignment to write an essay about somebody that they look up to and they write about me. And then the parents, the kid, not the parents, will like snap a quick photograph of that and then mail it to me or email it to me and say like, just so you know, this, this happened, you know? Um, wow. Other... Yeah, yeah. Other bits of feedback were um, 
actual text messages or direct messages from former students who have reached out to me when they go off to college and art school and will say things like, oh, I'm in this critique right now and I'm watching all the other students get dragged on this topic of word balloon spotting and I never realized when I was in your class how valuable that information was. Like I always thought it was just the silly thing you were uptight about and now I'm in a classroom where I'm seeing like, oh, I have a foundation that the other students don't have thanks to you. I'm like, oh, you, you remember the old man kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, have, I have some of that stuff saved in like a photos album kind of thing. Uh, screen cap it and hold it someplace where I can go back to it in, in dark times. And then other ones were just like, okay, I'm just going to dig through my mental memory because these were things that were said to me in person or over Zoom or something like that. And largely paraphrased, but, um, you know, just giving myself the general idea of like, oh, I remember that time when so-and-so said this to you about some work that you did. Uh, what, what did yours look like before we get into like reflections on them? Mm. Um, well, let's see how to do, do, do. where I did, where to go. I, I guess I'm, it's all intertwined for me. It's, um, it's, uh, as, as far as, uh, thematically, some of the feedback. Um, let's see. I can say I gathered what forty-seven items of feedback. Um, wow! Because I I had done something similar to this before, but it was very much not at the ready. So I had to hunt for where the things were, and so I spent a lot of practice, like multiple practices, doing the hunting, and then mm. you know the gathering came later, but. Um, Oh, um, let's see. Anything from, um, I, I did the recollection type of thing. Like, what have I heard that people, you know, say is a, is a strength and whatnot. I also did, um, some formal stuff where, um, you ever take any of those, you know, some workplaces will have, oh, like a famous personality classifying thing, right? Um, there's one, there's Myers-Briggs, right? Oh, um, yeah, yeah. And then there is uh, uh, stuff that's similar, I think, in, as far as industry-wise, like where it's like, help my, help my, um, the, the, the folks in my company um, get more reflective and, and insightful about what they're, you know, what they're about. And so I, I did one called uh, Strengths Finder, too, um, at, at, um, at a, you know, employer a while back, and I kept the, the, the results. And so that was helpful too. Um, I don't really have anything that, that I want to show off and share. Um, and I, I know the specific amount of feedback because I put, once I did the uh, gather part, the specific gather, it's like I, I sort of did this prep gather phase of, of like, well, all right, I f I'm finding where the heck I stashed all this stuff, this bucket, that bucket, what have you. And, um, and then I did a spread, I put it in a spreadsheet. Um, so. Mm. Wow. I did not. <laughs> I just did like, you know, um, what, like, like, like incomplete sentences written out in ballpoint pens. <laughs> it's not like, it's not like a intense spreadsheet, right? I mean, we've talked about on our different shows, some, some of my, let's call them robust spreadsheets. Um, yeah. it's, it's not that I, the, the only, the columns I have are, um, specific feedback about what, what was the source or medium, um, a note if I had another thought about it, and then the source person or people. Mm, and I didn't mm, even mm. fill all the things out for every, every entry, except um, I tried to do the about and the source medium. 
Um, because, yeah, some of mine too were from, um, I didn't manage to do all this because I wanted to get to, you know, all the podcasts and stuff, like Lean Into Art and whatnot. Two-minute practice, you know, where what have things, what have people said about that specifically? We've done that as far as our own work and reflecting on, on this. And I know I've got it somewhere, <laughs> but I didn't get around to finding that also. But I do have, well, guitar fretter and stuff. So I dug into some of those things. And um, yeah. that's interesting because that was something I, I don't know why, but I did not. I, I, I told myself I wasn't going to do that. I said, you're not going to go and read your reviews of your books. And you're, and I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. I think part of it is, is that I have a internal, um, what would I say? Um, I have an internal rule that I, I try to tell myself not to read my book reviews. Um, not, and, and what's weird about that is like, when I think about it, it's like, I don't think that I'm necessarily that sensitive about somebody who says that like this work is not good. Um, I, I can't I can't imagine that'd be that painful for me to read a bad review of my work. Hmm. But at the same time, I, I think like I've, like for the last like five years, I've had like this this sort of edict. Don't go read the reviews of your comics online. Um, hmm. So I, I, I just habitually did not do that. So that, that was a whole piece of data that I just didn't get. It's like feedback on on the podcast, feedback on my books. I was going off of feedback that was given to me directly by a person that was sort of the um fuzzy unarticulated framework that i was operating in feedback from a person. okay so but so more direct I, I don't know um more based on a personal relationship is that part of the criteria per, yeah i get well no because like some of the feedback i got was from people that i've never met in real life right mm -hmm. some of the some of this feedback was it was something where somebody said something directly to me about a thing i made right rather than posting it someplace else for other people to consume this was something that was like meant to be directly transmitted to me does that make sense it does um there's something about product reviews too it, it it's um it's a they're ubiquitous they i mean everything you can't buy and this is a well commentated thing i'm not starting a you know you know you ever notice kind of column here but like it's it is a different world than it was before the ubiquity of those things and even then certain categories of product did have a fair amount of like review culture about it right and so books and mm. movies obviously um but so I could see, you know, uh, resistance or reluctance. I, I can tell you it was it was tough because there are um, a lot of unkind reviews for my for my stuff I post out there. Um, a lot. Mm. I feels like a lot emotionally. I mean, if you look at the um, the summary, it's you know I've I've okay ratings on Guitar Fretter. It's um, I forget one platform that's over four and the other one's over three, and it's but it's those kinds of things. It's like when someone I. It, it was hard because I have to look through all the things to see the positive things, right? So I don't know. Um, I can tell you, yeah, it was a mixed bag doing that. Um, as far as this practice, because this wasn't about, like, you know, gather all the things and find the signal of, you know, what, of, like, holistic critique. This was definitely, like, a build-yourself-up kind of practice, right? I mean, mm. we, we mm -hmm. were specific about, like, just gather positive feedback so um i don't know that that's it that is interesting 
And I can tell you too, like I have had pretty huge feelings in reaction to reviews of stuff I've made. Um, and, and it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know what to say. It's really hard because the, there's a big difference between someone that, that knows you or is in a, or is in an arranged context to get, um, some kind of, you know, clear understanding with boundaries and stuff, right? It's in user experience design, you, you set up, um, well, I've, studies and their mechanisms to learn specific questions or if they're general questions you're still doing some seeking in specific ways and you you know you accept that you're going to find different kinds of signal but like it's this um like you're ready to research right whereas like you're a creator and you just do a thing and someone lobs a you know mean comment at you is that's not like sure one can get scientific and say fascinating this was you know data i can consider or not consider the signal based on whatever factors but it's still i don't know it's hard as a creator to to get the um you know you need to adopt some approach like like that's what i heard like you have a, a an approach to that i'm i'm guessing that prevents you from you know getting the uninvited negativity, right? Yeah. I while you were while you're describing that, I went to Goodreads and just looked up Science Comics Rockets just out of curiosity. Uh-oh. It's got 98 ratings. 98 ratings. Dang. And it's got a four 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 star four point one stars general uh, I guess that's the average. But yeah, there's a lot of comments here that I have never seen. And it's like I've just been avoiding it all these years. So I don't know. Maybe this would be worth I'm I'm not gonna take a position on what's like you know, correct for me or not, or even vaguely suggesting what other people should do. I was just explaining that, like, I arrived at this framework and it's, I'm interested by the fact that, oh, I didn't even examine this sort of rule that I've been observing for half a decade now that, yeah, I don't know why that is. I mean, I think it was, it was something to protect myself. Like, oh, this is a meaningful piece of work. You don't want to feel rotten about it right after it came out. So don't read the reviews. Just don't. Even if it's all kind stuff, let's, let's avoid the possibility of someone going like, it's garbage because of X, Y, and Z. And I go, oh my gosh, they're right. I don't think I would do that. I don't think I would. And so it's weird that I like sort of set up this defense for myself preemptively. Like, I don't think I'm that, that fragile, but it's, it's anyway. not fragility, though. I think it's inter it, it is um, to create in this environment is different than uh, creating before the ubiquity of the reviews, right? And mm. and I'm not saying it, it's the whole like how and we've talked about this on our other show, Lean Into Art, where but it, you know it's been a while, but like participate the audience participating in the work. Um, mm -hmm. This is our reality now, and it kind of always has been, but it's their mechanisms for the audience participation are so robust. And then if how you're wired as an artist, really like we're individuals, we are not, you know, even if you're part of a larger team and, you know, corporate fund, whatever your, your mechanism for professional existence is, um, if there, there's a, how you get stuff made through your, your motivations and feelings and beliefs and ideas is a precious thing. And it, it may not like for all, all kinds of neural cultural reality things, like you may not be that compatible with anonymous feedback. And I don't think that's a yeah. bad thing. 
And it's no, and I don't not think so saying that that's your situation, but um, yeah, <clears throat> I don't know. It's so no, no. Well, I, I, it sounds like what you're pointing to is there. There is applicable wisdom. You know, your mileage may vary. Look, listen to yourself, listen to your own internal voice and, and measure for yourself. Like, is this something that I feel like I have uh, something to gain from in reading those kinds of things? Or is this something where I'm better off just not interacting with it? Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, mm -hmm. I'll tell you another big feeling thing that came out for me in doing this exercise is like, again, you said like it sounded like an innocent thing to do. Ostensibly, it was about building ourselves up. I found that I had an internal a lot of the time a lot of the time spent in my two minute practices was me playing inner editor evaluating whether or not the positive feedback counted as positive feedback depending <laughs> on the source <laughs> right i actually heard my internal critic saying like well they were just being nice well that person says a lot of nice things right it was me like discounting a lot of positive feedback and like saying that doesn't deserve to get captured <laughs> because of whatever weird disqualification my internal critic decided to put on that you know tweet the tweet the whistle foul why they always say nice things but but they said a nice thing that counts right nope it's foul ball you know so i actually one of the practices i, I wrote this down because i caught myself doing that like for like most of the practice i worked out literally one thing and then uh the rest were all disqualified i was like why is it so difficult for me to believe in good feedback I, I noticed that there is there was the practice revealed an internal resistance to a lot of good feedback. Hmm. So there were some where it was like I, I internal critic had no defense. It was unassailable where it's like somebody paid you to go to a festival in their town. That is like you can't argue that they were just being nice. You know, <laughs> that that's a real value exchange that happened there that somebody they took a hit or that took it. They experienced a degree of loss in order to have you be present, right? That, that is, I can't argue with that. Right. I mean, loss in terms of like, they, they gave me money, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, um, I'm just thinking I'm not, so you, you have an invisible spreadsheet, right? This like, yeah, the, clearly this, <laughs> there's columns going on here. Criteria. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, there were. Let's have there a, were. Let's have a rating. Let's have a weighting of this <laughs> feedback based on the source and a and a and a algorithm to uh that to base the weighting like that. So if they yeah. say nice things too much, or if they whatever, or the the you know the the individual um cost factor, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was part of that, that was part it. of my measuring. So, mm -hmm. but yeah. So it but it, it revealed to me that. I wonder how much, how often I am unwittingly ignoring or overlooking good feedback that's coming my way because I am, because of my weighing system, my weighting system, right? Mm. I've got the scale set in such a way and it, they work this way. And if it doesn't move the scale in just the right way based on the following success criteria, I'm going to choose to overlook it for, for good or bad. I don't know. But that's that's an interesting piece of data to discover about the way I'm reacting to the way people are reacting to me. Mm, that's a great way to put it. And I just uh, I wish I had. I don't feel like I gathered enough data um, <laughs> to to get that <laughs> to get those to, that level of insight, you know, um, because this practice became not a 
a, a like a this is an atypical practice, but there's almost it's a flavor of 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 a situation where we we pick a thing that that's that's a deeper complex puzzle than just go do this action. There's a put yourself in a place, hit a timer, do a thing, but to do that thing was the stuff is stashed all over the place. There, I mean, I, I'm realizing as we're chatting here, I'm like, I didn't, I didn't look through my email. I didn't look through. Um, sometimes oh gosh, I have yeah. kept a kudos folder now and then, working with clients or particular places where where it's like, oh yeah, I want to keep that because I, I, you know, not just for looking at in dark times because I'm so disorganized with it. Clearly, I can't look at it in dark times because I can't find it. Um, so I need to get better at that. That's a huge insight for me where um, I, I want to have like a, a nice little archive of, of this, even if it gets out of date after a while, having done it once and put it all in one spot, maybe it ends up in the spreadsheet. I don't know. But like um, this is such, uh, such a, um, it's, I'm, I'm detecting the potential to get so much um, insight and also to uh, in re- positive reinforcement, where I, I have an inkling of it from these different things that that like when I was uh, uh, formally studying uh, coaching a couple of years back, we did an exercise similar to this because of you know figuring out exactly who you're trying to reach and 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 help finding the positive signals and stuff. So I had a couple of pot, like stashes of this feedback of things people have said you know to me about you know, what am I like to work with? And, and they're, you know, positive things that, that, uh, that felt awesome. And I was able to find them, but I'm, I feel like I'm just scratching the surface of, 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 um, you know, it's like, can I get themes out of this? I, I don't think so yet. Um, because, cause I'm, I think I, I, I face the feedback in the moment and then clearly go blank and then throw it over my shoulder and and I and I don't know why I'm doing that because there's no reason why I couldn't have just put it in a folder, you know? I why did I why did I create this mess of unfindable feedback? Anyway, I don't know. Yeah, that that is even something you can automate like in a Zapier rule where it's like, oh, if I get an email with some really positive feedback, if I send it to this address, it's going to go into a column on a spreadsheet. I have a kudos spreadsheet. Right. Ah, that's a good idea. I need to do something, something like that, right? Where, um, mm-hmm. to sort of, you know, do some spring cleaning of positive feedback, and um, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'll add this as an administrative task to follow up on, and uh, and to chip away at because uh, it's more than a task; it's a mini project. Um, mm-hmm. But because I think it is valuable to, like, whether it informs uh, you know future products or just. Um, reminding you because you know you make stuff. I, I part of my creative process is to get lost and frustrated with myself, and um, I want to like this would be really nice to have to be like, ah, all right. Um, it the, like you said, pull it, you know, refer to this when you have this need of the maybe it's the dark times or whatever, or or just yeah, like dark times, it. lost times, feeling ambivalent times, mm-hmm. right? Um, Something I came across when I was remembering and going through my positive feedback uh, materials, the, the few I went through, is I completely forgot that in 2018, a former student of mine made a 
album where she went and reached out to like 20 or 30 of my former students that took my comics classes and asked them to, to write me just like a note of what my class meant to them. Right. Mm-hmm. And then presented it to me. I had no idea this was happening, but presented it to me in public at a two calf. It was at the end of the kids comics mm-hmm. awards. And I was just like, I thought we we're just like doing a fun, you know, little skit about, you know, kids comics. And then in the end she presents me with this thing. And like, I'm turning into like a blubbery pile of goo mm-hmm. as I'm looking at these names of kids that I haven't seen in five years who are still like, who still like think fondly of their experience in my classroom and had something specific to name about that. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, how often do you get an artifact like that in your life? Not very. So it's another reminder to me. It's like, I need to formalize this information myself. Um, Cause that information is coming in all the time. And, you know, outside I've, I also have letters of recommendation. When I moved away from Michigan, I reached out to all these different organizations I worked with in the past and said, Hey, I'm starting up a new career as a teaching artist in Ohio. Can you write me a letter of recommendation? And I got some great letters that specifically highlighted things that I've done. Well, gosh, I also get that feedback via email via conversation and wouldn't it be wonderful if i had a mechanism to say hey you said this thing to me in an email a while back can i use that as a pull quote on my website right can i use that as like a you know a testimonial so then i don't have to ask them to write a formal letter of recommendation they've already given it to me and now i'm just asking permission to actually repurpose it there's like other applications besides just like giving myself a boost right absolutely yeah this is this is a bold this is um this this really scratched the surface of such a big, um, uh, an important mechanism, I think, as, a, as any kind of creator, personally, professionally. There's tons of reasons to do this. Um, because, uh, you know, like personally, could be just for, you know, what motivates you, could be, you know, dark times, could be just your regular process of, of like, it, it's natural to, to, you know, get befu- confuzzled and stuff, right? And mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> the, so a source of clarity where it's like, it's in your pocket and you can refer to it. But but then professionally, it sends a signal. There's this idea in designing things for s- convincing in sales, right? Where it's, uh, it's, uh, it's social proof is the category mm-hmm. of, um, uh, of, of, of information. Can you do pull quotes and, uh, you know, the, the, the quotes on the back of a book, the quotes on a product detail page that, you know, that has your, your book or custom, you know, Etsy towels or whatever you're making, right? Um, the words of other humans and you know, like that, that just convey like how they see the world and you and your product and the, it sends a strong signal and like that is incredibly valuable. So, um, and it re- that reminds me of one source that I did pull from too, um, my LinkedIn profile. Um, I've, some people have said some nice things there and, uh, um, is recommendations and I'm like, okay, going in the spreadsheet part in part because uh. it was easy to find. Um, so anyway, that's that, great. Yeah. Personally and professionally positive feedback is, um, it's, it's more valuable than I have clearly you know, been recognizing and making it a, um, an ongoing habit to, to manage it. So I'm looking to patch that up. So if I were to make a concluding meta statement over this little exploration that we just did is that I think part of the case of two minute practice as a practice, regardless of which practice it is, is that it's an inexpensive way to also discover new potentials and complexities behind the work we're doing 
it's not just about skill acquisition and it's not just about like making a commitment to show up to a thing. It's also, it's an investigative tool to uncover, you know, new potential areas of development in your work. Cause I, I wasn't thinking about it very hard. I was not, it was just like, okay, I'm going to collect some, some nice things people said. And it'll be, it'll be like a warm experience to like re-encounter these, these instances where somebody took the time to say something real, really meaningful to me. Um, but then, yeah, it's like the, the moment we started talking about, I'm like, man, this thing has like a lot of practical applications beyond just, you know, reassurance. So, mm. yep. And right. it, it points to other, uh, other habits that we both have had invisible habits in the way we encounter this stuff and revealing how we need to be more thoughtful about it going forward. Yeah, it's, uh, there, there is, I, I, I think you're starting to design more, some, some of the, the, uh, the revised pitch of, of the benefit of two minute practice. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's, there is immense value in the, on the personal side of the, the, the experience. It's a tool that you're, you're, you're infusing yourself as a being with, but then, uh, in the context of, of your profession too, that, I mean, businesses aren't always great. Like it's R and D in a way, like we found a way to make our research and development inexpensive and you can find, you know, things of Im immense strategic value, um, through this inexpensive research. Hmm. Well, I think that's a good place to, to stop and take a break and then we can decide on what we're going to do for our next practice mm -hmm. and, and, and hopefully enter it with a little bit of beginner's mind spirit of like, I wonder what I'm going to discover here, uh, open to th those kinds of, um, revelations. <laughs> so how about I hit some music to say, uh, if, what am I, what am I supposed to say here? <laughs> If this is helping you think and do useful creative work, a great way to help the show is to support us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash leanatort or leanatort.com slash Patreon. Another great way you can help the show is to buy the products we make, interact with the stuff we make. And the thing that I make that I hope you will interact with is... Baron Von Baron, The Case of the Two-Faced Statue, which is a book I'm working on now. It comes out in 2023, but I'm sharing a lot of behind-the-scenes work and the process of making the uh, the book on my Patreon, which you can join for as little as a dollar a month. Or you can just subscribe to my email newsletter for free and get monthly updates about the book. Rob, what about you? Well, I have this workshop called Listening Like a Coach. This is where you can learn basic and advanced methods for coaching conversations. It's a video workshop with some upgrades if you want to do some Q&A live with me in addition to the video. But like, why would you do this? Well, chances are, I mean, you're, you're a creative person. You work with creative people or people that need that, right? And those conversations lead to, well, how do you, you know, people wondering and, and asking for advice. And is your style to just, well, tell them what to do? Or are you looking to like level up and find how can you help them make their own decision in a way that's right for them? And that's the whole thing of listening like a coach where you're not prescribing, you are navigating and 
co-exploring someone else's, you know, situations where they're stuck. This works great for whether you're a, like a creative design leader or um, you're into product development. If you're an engineer, like anytime you're working with folks that you make stuff, we all get stuck in our own thinking. And it's great to talk to folks who can help you get through your own thinking. So like you can, um, well, you're going to get lots of practical experience in this workshop too, as you examine and question your own background of where you, you find the signals of like the great listening in your life and then see a real coaching session happen. You can get all this by going to gum.co slash L-L-A-C-W-S and get your copy of Listening Like a Coach again at gum.co slash L-L-A-C-W-S. All right. So, okay, it's time to choose what we're going to do next with our next uh, our next two-minute practice. Let me do a, a like, quick stinger so that we can be ready. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that, that music indicates that we are now in the second part where we choose what practice we want to take on next. Uh, I... I'm a blank slate, Rob. I have no, hmm. no inkling, no inspiration based on our past discussion of where to go next. <laughs> too, too drained. Some practices cost, <laughs> and this is what it's like. Now you, now you see the cost. All right, um, <laughs> I am the cost. All right, so the let's see, the seemingly innocent ones, I think have uh, have a curious questioning about them. And, uh, and then a glossing over the details. <laughs> I think that's probably the recipe to be like, I'd like to get in trouble with the practice. Yeah. Um, good trouble. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, um, let's see. How about, um, well, I know it's been a while since we've done a, like a, um, a physical health fitness thing related practice. Um, would mm -hmm. that be, would that be interesting yeah. to you? That would be interesting to me. Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I, it's springtime is here in, uh, the Midwest and I am eager to get outside again and move my body a little bit more than I have been. Mm -hmm. Um, so anything that I can add to that sense of enthusiasm for movement and, um, self-care sounds exciting to me. Well, um, one that I've been considering, uh, you know, adding to, t it's, it's not complicated. I don't know if it's, if it's, um, trouble finding, but what if we explored, um, balancing? Mm. So, okay. yeah, I mean, things that, that, um, like I consider, I'm not, you know, some professional yoga person or what have you, but like, um, I have, uh, you know, you think about things like, uh, in tree pose in, and mm. you know where you you prop up, uh, prop one foot on on the side of your leg, and then um, you know stand there on one leg, balance a little bit like a um, like a flamingo does, right? Um, mm -hmm. Except you know we don't have the same you know physical leg tucking ability, right? Um, but uh, yeah, conceptually similar. But I don't think it ha would have to be tree pose, but like. If you think about doing no, because two minutes we got to think of, about 
I like the idea of keeping it broad, just saying the word like pra practice balance in some way, however you can, right? Because like I, I would also like this to be applicable to people with a variety of mobility, right? So mm -hmm. yeah, obviously we would never recommend everybody do tree pose, nope. but yeah, balance is something that, okay, let me tell a story about balance. This is how bad my center of balance is, Rob, my sense of balance. It's so bad that I was in a bowling league for four years, right? We've talked about it on the Lean Tart cast. Mm -hmm. And people notice that I bowl in this really funny way where it looks like I'm curling. I get down really low and I like sort of like gently like roll the ball onto the floor instead of like tossing it. I don't do the whole thing where you twist your whole body and you kick your leg back because when I, whenever I tried to do it, I literally fell down every time I fell on my back every time I tried to bowl like you're supposed to. So I found this way of getting really low so I don't lose my balance and my, my, my center of gravity is like almost like six inches off the floor. And so they, they my, my teammates called it crouching tiger hidden jersey whenever I would throw the ball. <laughs> well, that's like, nice of them. <laughs> uh. and, and, and you know, it's like, what, I would get asked all the time, well, why do you do it that way? I'm like, watch what happens. Well, I do it the right way and then boom, I'm on my back because my balance oh. is so bad. So I could use the practice. I could use the practice. And like I have in my home, um, it looks kind of like a pogo ball. It's like a round platform with um, grippy tape on it. And then it's got a round ball on the bottom. So like you basically just stand on it and you stretch your your calves and also practice balancing. And that, that might be the thing that I just do for two minutes at a go just to get reacquainted with the idea of trying to find some equilibrium in my body. But I mean, you could find balance, like if, even if you're sitting in a chair, if like it's something where it's like difficult for you to get out of a chair to do that kind of balance, you could probably do something with maybe weights on your arms if you can manage that or something mm -hmm. like that, right? Or even, um, you know, uh, closing your eyes and tilting your head back. Mm. That yeah, that can be a, a way to explore your sense of balance. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and equilibrium. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, this is approachable in a lot of ways. I mean, yeah, just finding, um, you know, something to like, like that kind of thing to, to stand on if you have a balance board or if you've got, um, if you, I mean, whatever your situation is with balance. Um, and that sound, that sounds good to practice. Uh, I like having specific examples, so we, we can't yeah. prescribe for everybody, but, um, like yeah. for me, I, what would I, I think I would probably try, um, I would probably like, I think I would probably do uh, tree pose and also, um, I will try to do, uh, I do, I have resumed an informal like Taekwondo kickboxing kind of practice. So I would do a chambered kick on one leg and stand there for a while. Mm. <clears throat> mm. So yeah, I thought we were gonna stay on brand and talk about standing on the the bow of a of a dinghy. <laughs> and <laughs> well, I I have fantastic uh, balance failures. Also, even though I mean I, I I am someone who can stand on one leg for a good while and whatnot, but it, it's not always easy. And it, it's weird, like like exploring that. There's always some kind of dialogue to have with myself where I'm like. I'm kind of stressed out. I can't stand on one leg right now or what have you. And like, I'm not breathing in, in you know, in, in a certain way. Like I, I start to, it, it's a way to um, become really aware and, and introspective about my own physical circumstance. And yeah. Mm -hmm. And what's funny is like, you mentioned standing on the, on the thing, like 
um, like the, the Karate Kid, um, if I would do it, if I had that option, I'd be on there. I'd be. I don't care if I I look like a fool. You just. <laughs> Well, you do live in the land of a thousand lakes, so yeah. for crying out loud. <laughs> I fell in though, like when we like our family has a little um a little kayak that's you know, there's a uh, like a little, you know, an inexpensive public thing that we can, you know, rent for like whatever. It's I I'm trying to give some context because it's not like this is not a um, past the gray poupon fanciness situation. It's like you get for like 50 bucks a year, you can rent a, a little rack to, to lock your kayak up and stuff. So we can get that out, whatever. And, and I have biffed it going into the water, like That's with true. phone in pocket, dressed like I'm going to sit at a library or something. And like, I'm not ready to go in the what, lake, but I'm going in the lake because, because, <clears throat> you know, super wobbly kayak is like, you know, you think you have balance? Well, wobble, 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 wobble whoosh, yeah, I'm in the water. You'll learn how, to pu- learn how to punch when you learn how to stay dry, Rob. I know. So I'm still learning how to stay dry, <laughs> and I would like to practice. <laughs> oh, cool. So that was easy to find. We found another practice. And yes, I'm looking forward to ex- discovering whatever there is to discover in showing up two minutes at a go, mm-hmm. just trying to reacquaint myself with what balance feels like. So... Uh, is there anything Beautiful. that we need to clarify or think about before closing out? Um, I don't think so. We just are, you know, we're inviting, we are committing to practice balancing and, uh, and asking others to, to play along based on, you know, their own health circumstance and, you know, lifestyle, what have you. What, what means practicing balance for you? I'd be curious to hear if anyone's punching on the bow of a boat, though. If you're doing that, please, <laughs> please reach out to us. Yeah. Me- message us on the Discord. Send us the TikTok video of you doing it. We would love to see it. All right. Well, then, if, I, I guess it's time to say thank you, Rob, for this discussion and for this practice. And Thank you, Jersey. Um, and remember, everybody, two minutes is a findable amount of time. Play along with our chosen practice or create your own. Well, you can uh, choose your practice of any kind and set a two-minute timer. And then comment don't and to share comment and- yeah, on the Discord as well. Um, and you can join our Discord at leanintoart.com slash Discord. Um, we have a, a general challenges and quests channel that you can, you can uh, find there. So we'll be back in another two weeks with the two-minute practice and share how this went. All right. Thanks for watching, everybody.